Hey, this is Albert Fabian. This is Fries on the Farm Podcast. She's living in a world and it's on fire. Filled with catastrophe, but she knows she can fly away. Oh. Welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan and with me is Roy. Donovan, I hear you've got a couple interviews for us today. I, I, I do. I went up last Thursday and... um. I was more than welcome, more than happy just to go up there and interview Jill Guerin, who is the play-by-play media and broadcast, and that she's everything, social media, she's the, you need a, you need the credentials, she's that gal, uh, she cross-checks during the game, you'll hear in the interview, she cross-checks during the game on, uh, on information on, on players and who's in, who's not in, like, it, it's funny, because, like, broadcasting the game, the games, and she does not by herself. Um, is almost like takes a backseat to everything else that she has to do. Um, and she said, girl on fire for the song. And I say, girl is on fire because she is really good at what she does. You know, that's a good point that you make. So, I mean, we think about the job that a, that a, that a broadcast announcer, a play-by-play person does Jesse Agler, for example, with the Padres, his job is to prepare and deliver the show. Yeah. And that's that's really it. He's got somebody else that somebody else on the the Padres front office comes up with their notes, the list of notes. And if you ever have a chance to see what those guys have, it's an immense list of yeah. notes that these guys put together about the players, the teams, what they've done the last week, what they have coming up in the coming week, milestones, all this personal information. Uh, I know Jesse does a lot of due diligence, a lot of homework to be, to prepare, but that's his single job. And also, he's got Tony Gwynn Jr. sitting right next to him to provide right. color analysis, and he's got other people that he can pull in every once in a while. And he's got Dave Marcus that's also running the show behind him. In a minor league operation, it's completely different. It's a one-person operation. And then so then before pregame and after postgame, they've got all kinds of other duties going on. Sometimes yeah. they're involved with sales. Sometimes they're, you know, involved with entertaining groups and they do so many other things other than just broadcast the game. Yeah. And by the time she was done, cause you know, I really wanted to give this episode for, um, for, for the, for the kids, for the daughters, for the, you know, young sons of, of our listeners um, on if they ever want to be a, you know, if they want to be in broadcasting, most of the time, well, she says don't go by her the way, way the way she did it. But most of the time, you do. You start in high school. You start broadcasting games. Uh, you know, by yourself in a room. You know, just doing your own TV. Um, she does so much more than that. And at the end, I'm like, okay, there you go, guys. If you want to be a play-by-play broadcaster, this broadcaster for this team does all of that and and like broadcasting and play-by-play was so little a part of it it was almost a respite i, I felt like oh she gets to call a game now because it's it like you said it's the prep she puts the prep together she puts the lineup you know the, the sheets that you get from the Vasily rawhide she puts that out she gives it to everyone else um just does a bunch of work and then sets up her own own gear and i was telling her like well she she spent a couple innings uh, last year, I think it was last year. She spent a couple innings uh, at Dodger Stadium doing about four innings of the Diamondbacks game. And after we talked about that, I'm like, so okay, so like, let's get real. Like, how good 
was the spread. She's like, oh, it's really good. <laughs> how was how was the equipment? She's like, oh, it was really good. I'm like, how was it not having to do all that prep? She's like, yeah, I'm like. You know, well, so before we go on for another half an hour talking about Jill, you also had a chance to talk to Albert Fabian. Yes. So yes. how did and how I, did that come about, and how did that? I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not doing my due diligence. Uh, how that how that all go down? Well, it, it um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk to him, but I was really concerned. Last year we had Leo Rosales, the pitching coach for Lake Elsinore, to do um to do all the all the uh, the translation the trans- translation interpreting, yeah, and. You know, you see Albert Fabian, you see from the Dominican. Uh, and I kept talking to, you know, kept talking to Justin, like, hey, do we need an interpreter? We, you know, and I didn't know. And when I saw, when I, when I texted him earlier this week, uh, he's, I'm like, does he speak English? I'm like, I, I think he does. Let me get back to you. Turns out he speaks English. Um, not really great English, but he, he holds his own in this interview with me, Mr. Babbling, mumbling, hair on fire guy poor dude. <laughs> you know and um i was like i was impressed to learn that and you guys will learn, hear this in a minute where i'm like where did you learn english it's like oh i learned i learned it from the boys like i learned it i learned it at the academies but i also just learned it by watching games and uh and 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 talking to my friends so you'll hear us like when he talks i have to sometimes finish a sentence for him because he doesn't know the quite what the word to say and it's kind of fun. Um, the kid, he's 21 years old and he's raking in high, you know, in a ball. Granted, it's a ball. Um, but once again, I got a lot of information on how the um, how those academies work because he's been doing this since 12 years old. Right. Yeah. That's all something we don't really get a look at. It's all kind of behind a curtain. Um it, it, it so is. a lot of I've got a lot of respect for a foreign-born player that is learning English and then they're willing to actually talk and and use it in an interview. And you see guys that are in the majors and you see like as soon as the camera's away, they're talking English to the people yeah. around them. Yeah. They have conversational English, but they're not willing to put it on record because they're afraid that they'll say something uh incorrectly or they'll come across a certain way or whatever. So good for for him for having the confidence to just go out there and do it. I mean we saw Franville uh you know his English became pretty yeah. good. Uh but that became something that helped endear him to the pl- the the fans here. You know and I didn't you know and usually when I'm done with these interviews it's like okay shake hands and like he's off there he goes. He's like let's take a picture. Let's let's get a picture. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'll be right back. He runs against <laughs> Charlie Aquino, uh-huh. who he, who during the interview, like, he's like, I'm like, I play video games on the, you know, to to get away from baseball. I'm like, are you really good? It's like, yeah. I'm like, who do you play with? I, my roommate Charlie Aquino, and like, and I'm better than him. So he runs oh. against he runs against uh, Aquino. I'm like, is he better than you at NBA? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he took a bunch of pictures. I God, did I post him? I don't know if I posted him yet, but I'll I haven't post seen him on the Instagram. Um, it, it's once again, it's, it's great to be able to get a Dominican player, you know, a foreign-born player. Um, I also connected with um with the interpreter, someone in the front office who is who is pledged to um if we give him plenty of time to to come and interpret for any other guys that I want to talk to. And Charlie Sakino is one of the guys I want to talk to. And there's several other ball players, you know that that. I want to give the opportunity to hear their stories as well. Right. Yeah. No, that that's good because we, we, we hear from the English speaking players yeah. so much simply because they speak English, they're available. Yeah. Um, but back to Jill. So 
10 years ago, the idea of a woman being in a broadcast booth doing play-by-play just made so many fans, like their blood would boil when they would think of it. Like, it's not appropriate to hear a woman's voice broadcasting a baseball game. It's a men's sport that men play. And I'm glad the times have finally changed. We've seen some, some women in the, in the, the broadcast booth on major league games. I had a Jenny Kavnar comes to mind. Um, and uh, what Lynette, uh, I, uh, Nyman, Nyman, Julie Nyman, Julie Nyman, is that her name? Um, but I'm not, Jill, I'm not sure. But Jill Guerin, she's been doing this for a while now. And I'm sure that she's gone through a whole lot of, of friction uh, everywhere she's gone on people questioning her ability, her chops. Does she belong? Um, and she probably still gets a little bit of that, like at the, at the winter meetings or whatever, when she's around her peers. Yeah, she... I- she does talk about that. She talks about like, I am, I am acutely aware uh, that I am the only woman on the field. I'm the only woman in the, the clubhouse. I'm the only woman in all these other areas um, of, of the sport where I'm the only woman. Uh, so she, uh, and so she's aware, but it, it's not like, like, not, it's not like, look at me or, Oh, poor me. It's like, but I'm aware of it. And she's right. also a, a a survivor of um, sexual assault and rape, who she's oh. vi- incredibly open about it. I just, okay. you know, um, she brought that up. I was going to mention, like, do you want to mention this stuff? I, it's hard to transition. I want to keep it positive. I definitely want to keep it, you know, light. And, and um, she's like, yeah, if, if you want to do it, that's fine. Um, she talks about it openly. We don't go into, uh, in, into any um, detail. But I let her get her story out, and I wanted that to be a part of of the story here. And she's just she's rad. Um, I, I if you ever get a chance to listen, and usually it'll be like the raw, it'll be the Vasalia, you know, um, broadcast when the storm are playing up in in Vasalia, it's her. So if you guys are listening, you want to ever check her out, obviously you can go find her on the um, on the internet with the Vasalia Rawhide uh, broadcasting. But if you want to watch one of the MILB TV games. You can listen to her when the storm or any other team plays up in Visalia. Well, there's always a trailblazer in, in any, any new, you know, venture. And so right now it's pride month. And so a topic is obviously sexual orientation and gender identity and all of these things. Um, and so I'm, I've wondered for a while, when will the first openly gay player, uh, be um, in the majors and when will there be a superstar because you think back to breaking the color barrier jackie robinson was a i mean no question hall of fame player on his credentials alone and he was an mvp caliber player when he came into the league if he hadn't been such an absolutely outstanding player i don't know how long he would have stuck with all of the issues all the difficulties that he had to deal with and so now you imagine in today's game, uh, you know, if somebody were to come up and they were openly gay and, and you know, how much, how much friction would they get? What would they hear everywhere they would go? What kind of questions would they, would they hear? And how much would that affect their ability to remain in the majors? Um, right. And so similarly, I mean, so Jill being a female broadcaster, she's, she's breaking the ice for generations behind her to come. Um and so, I mean, I know this, this isn't women's women's history month is, is a different month. This is pride. Uh, but I feel like it's, it's kind of related that you've got trailblazers that are doing things for people that maybe haven't had a voice in the past. Yeah, we are. We have certainly gone, come a long way. 
uh, as a, you know, as a culture, as a society, uh, we still have a long way to go. Uh, we may never get there and that's just the way cultures and societies work. Um, but certainly having her do it and having a couple women, just a few women do it in, in the major league, um, uh, in the major league setting, uh, do it before her, who we also talk, I think we talked about that, um, allows her to do it. And, well, and once, once upon a time, people were saying there will never be a black player in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And now the conversation is, why aren't there more black players in America in Major League Baseball? You know, so I'd yeah. like to think that at some point it'll be something like that, where we look around and we look at the people that are in broadcast booth and the front offices. And it's like, OK, why isn't there a more fair representation of the people, you know, the general population rather than a bunch of rich white men? Yeah. And our quick hit's pretty fun too, so that's. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't mean to get too heavy. Yeah. I, I know you keep things light with Jill, and, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you had to say with Albert. Yeah, definitely. So you guys uh, stay tuned. Listen, to these two interviews are really cool. Uh, I think you'll enjoy them. And once again, if if any of our listeners have you know a, a daughter or a son for that matter that want to go into broadcasting, you're going to hear a lot of what it takes to do that. She often says that don't go her route. But I, I think her route is a good way to show that it can be done even when the odds are kind of stacked against you. So we'll be right back with that. This girl is on fire. This girl is on fire. I'm here with Jill Guerin. And Jill Guerin is the Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations for the Vasilya Rawhide, and she is also the play-by-play announcer, uh, which is an affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Since 2018? 2019, yep. Yeah, 2019. She's one of the only few female broadcasters in minor leagues and major leagues. Uh, and she joins Thank you for joining us here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so you're, you grew up a Red Sox fan. I did. <laughs> yeah. But you're... We're raised in California? Uh Uh-huh. So my dad is from Lawrence, Massachusetts. It's a small town just outside Boston. Um, And I was brainwashed at birth, basically. All the Boston (laughs) sports, man. All of them. And the the running joke is that I'm an only child and my dad wanted a boy. But here we are. We're going to become sporty instead. So, yeah, huge Red Sox fan. My first crush was Pedro Martinez. Oh, that's a good crush. Yeah. Nomar, no, no, was Nomar a little bit before you? Nomar, I, th- I think I, Nomar was like the year before I started paying attention. Okay, okay. Um, well, I mean, even now I see like the California, you know, the the California stickers and it has a sock and mm-hmm. it's like Sox Nation is everywhere. Yes. Even in California. So where did you grow up? In a small town called Hermosa Beach, California. It's in L.A. County. Gorgeous place to live, obviously, but I ended up going to school in Boston. <laughs> I'm definitely a Boston, a Boston girl at heart. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, a small town, Hermosa Beach. Yeah, remember. well, it's it's okay. It's small in terms of you know, it's not L.A., but it's yeah. considered the L.A. area. <laughs> well, I just really appreciate that you didn't grow up a Dodger fan, and we had to just kind of skip over that part. Exactly. <laughs> um, my brother-in-law lives in in Connecticut, uh, in Farmington, and is a Red Sox fan. And my wife grew up a Mets fan, so mm-hmm. I only dated in the National League. Smart. In... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from an early age, you wanted to be in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. What what brought that on? So 
I've always liked sports, obviously. First started playing baseball when I was six, made that transition to softball when I was eight, and just love sports. And, you know, in middle school, the guys kind of make fun of you. Girls aren't supposed to know about sports, and I came home, complained to my mom at 12 years old, and she said, well, Jill, you don't shut up, and you like sports. Why don't you go into sports broadcasting? And 12-year-old Jill took it and ran with it, and here we are. <laughs> you took it and ran with it. So at graduation in eighth grade, you got up and they asked you, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And what did you say? I'm going to be an announcer for the Boston Red Sox. And this part really makes me angry. What happened? Everyone laughed. <laughs> and your mom said even the parents oh, laughed. Oh, yeah, because like, it's, it's outrageous. Here's this 13-year-old girl saying, yeah, I'm going to go be a Boston Red Sox announcer. But fast forward to age was I 20? And I was in the Red Sox booth as an intern. So take that, everyone who laughed at me. Yes! A whole town or nobodies. Okay, so so before you got the, 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 the intern with the Red Sox, mm-hmm. um, I was told that you were hit by a ball in Pawtucket. Yeah. <laughs> in a Cinderella dress? Uh-huh. So one fun part about working in sports is you intern a lot of places. I did a lot of things in the Red Sox organization. At the time, it was the Pawtucket Red Sox. Now they're the Worcester Sox. Yeah. And, Sox. yeah. And so in Pawtucket, we had, like, Disney night, and we had all these costumes, and the interns dressed up, and I dressed up as Cinderella. And there was this one girl that I was hanging out with by foul territory in – uh, right field, and I see this ball come, and I realize I can't stop the ball and hold on to this little girl, so I just wore it off my cheek. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it bounced. It wasn't. It wasn't like a line okay. drive. It bounced, but I, I had enough time to think I have to wear this, and I did. That is wearing it for the team. <laughs> that's taking one for the team, and that's also earning your stripes. It's all about the fan experience <laughs> in minor league baseball, and I was not going to let this little girl get hit by a pitch. Did you get, did you get a big ooh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, whenever I hit up my wife, something will happen around me, and my wife will go, ooh. I'm like, that's not a ooh. It's just a little kid fell down. They're okay. Um, right. So was that after college? That was still in college. That was maybe the summer before my junior year. Yeah. Did you, so going into college, did you, um, did you, like, obviously you went in for broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, do high school games? Did you do play-by-play in your room while the game was on? Nope. <laughs> I tell people, don't follow my lead. I did not do a whole lot of broadcasting in high school. I wasn't someone who was very active at my high school. I was in clubs and stuff, but I was, it was just more so to get my college resume looking good to get accepted into college. I was, I was an athlete. First and foremost, yeah. and that was what I focused on. So, no, I wasn't broadcasting. I wasn't doing any of that. And, frankly, when I watched a baseball game, I was watching it as an athlete, as how can I improve as an right. athlete. Right. So it was just a very different mindset for me. Gosh, I still do that now. I, I, I'm done playing rec ball, but, I, I, like, we go to spring training. I'm like, I want to watch the drills they're doing when I'm here in, you know, here in Lake Elsinore. I want to watch the drills that they're doing and what they're working on uh, just to kind of get better. Um so did you so you played softball in high school? Mm-hmm. Did you translate that into college or did did you get a scholarship to play play ball? So I played D3 so it wasn't a scholarship but I was a starter all four years um, at Emerson College. So again, I was focusing a lot on softball yeah. and frankly I didn't broadcast a whole lot in college either because baseball and softball games are at the same time. So I was definitely <laughs> athletics first, which again I don't recommend for other people, but right. it worked out for me where I'm able to relate to these guys on yeah. a different level. Yeah. And and that's and that really helps you with your job is knowing the mindset in and at bat, knowing why the coach is doing what he's doing on mm-hmm. the field or our players are doing on the field. I, I get that. Yeah, exactly. 
So don't swerve away from it, um, guys, but certainly having some sports background isn't necessary, but it's also very helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all that time you're going to college, are you going into journalism? Are you thinking writing? Are you still thinking broadcast? Broadcasting the whole way. I'm. I will say I am not a good writer. I've always said that. Every post game recap that I have to write, I hate it. I hate it so much. I got so happy to get an intern this year because I'm like Joey, you take it, man. I don't want to do this anymore. So uh, that's something that I should be working on more. And you know, but yeah, broadcast the whole way was what I was thinking. So who were your idols growing up? I listened to Don Arcello and Jerry Remy, may rest in peace, you know, the Nesson guys. Um, I love, that's what I listened to and watched when I did my homework. And they just had so much fun. I mean, Padres fans know Don Arcello is fun. He's just fun. And I'm like, this guy gets to travel around the United States, watch baseball every day, and he's laughing all the time. Why wouldn't I want to go into that? Yeah. You know, and the funny thing with, with, with Don and our Mudcat Grant, um, when he came over, you know, the first thing we heard was the Red Sox fans were just like, oh, my God. Like, like they almost quit the team just because Don left. Um, and then you see these two guys for the Padre games interact, and it's like they were born Siamese twins. They're just – if you ever get a chance to watch them, they're just play off each other like I've never seen before mm-hmm. any other broadcasting uh, in my whole life. Yep. And uh, so we love Don. Um, we love that he fishes. <laughs> uh, and, and he'll post like video, like he'll post pictures of what he caught or what he didn't caught. Right. And just today in today's game, uh, Mudcat, when he was last time he was in M- Miami, uh, he tried to go on a boat, and it was a four-hour cu- uh, cruise. And like ten minutes in, he's throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think Mud's getting asked to go fishing anytime soon with um, with, with with Mud. Okay, so how did you get so – sorry for that. Boz was trying to find my notes. Um, in the college, you started applying for internships. Mm-hmm. So the, the college that you went to was obviously must be near Pawtucket, yeah? Right. So I went to Emerson College, which is like downtown Boston. So Pawtucket was maybe an hour train ride away. So a little bit of a hike, but I mean not that big of a deal in the summer. People commute like that all the time. Not a big deal. But, yeah, I did a lot of internships. I did the Paw Sox. I interned for USA Softball of Massachusetts, obviously the Red Sox internship. And I also interned with Channel 7 in Boston my senior year. And I actually did have an internship outside of sports in Atlanta one summer, too. That Atlanta gig's a throw-in. Yeah. I, I feel like I have to talk. It was actually so it was my first internship, and it, you know, everyone's like, you need experience to get experience. It's the <clears throat> dumbest thing ever. But right. my neighbor in LA, she's a director, and she was a director of this show called Lauren Lake's Paternity Court. And she, I, she told, she knew I was having issues finding internships, and she said, "Give me a second. And she called me back a few hours later. Okay, you're moving to Atlanta this summer. Okay, and then because I had a internship that was just right. related to something, I was able to get internships right. after that. So I have to include it, even though I learned more like life lessons than actual right. industry lessons. Right. But it's it's still important to include. Well, it's very important to learn the social maybe economy around around what you're doing. Right. Um. Any thoughts of doing TV for broadcasting? Yeah. I'm I'm open to it. Of course, why not? <laughs> well, hold on, you didn't. So you did. You you did do. Um, was it 2022? Last year you did with the with the. The Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks was last year in September. I did three innings at Dodger Stadium radio. The TV that I've done okay. was with the Reno Aces, right. both in 2021 
and last year in 2022. Yeah. Okay. I'll fill in as a color analyst right. for them sometimes. <laughs> now you do right. You're you're the and that, and, you're the analyst. Uh huh. I'll I've, do a little bit of everything. Yep. English <laughs> language is really tough for me. Um, so you're, you're not just like a ball one, ball two. You're like, okay, there's a drive to second base. Hey, he's picking it up, doing like that's pretty quick stuff. Right. Did you? How do you learn that skill? It's tough because you don't really go to college for that. You go to college for a journalism class, and frankly, they train you to be a journalist like an anchor or a reporter. Right. You're not you're not going for necessarily sports broadcasting or play-by-play broadcasting. It's just stuff that you have to just sit down and start practicing. So I think what was really good for me was with the Red Sox internship, I was in between Joe Castiglione and Tim Neverett. Huh. And so I just sat there all season long listening to them, hearing how they had a piece of play, how they explained things, what information they felt was important in a broadcast, and I was able to just absorb all of that knowledge that summer. That's that's huge, and I'm sure there's got to be some learning curve there as well. Absolutely. I think when I listen back to my first broadcast in 2019, I mean, I was terrible. I was trash, you know, like just <laughs> trash. And now I've, I've gotten a lot better. But one thing that I've always been decent at is that pace of play and understanding right. how to do it quickly. And frankly, it's because I played the game. Right. Okay. And, and, and learning. So one thing, one of the hardest things would, would be, was learning the names of other, other teams. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, you know, even the guys that we follow, for the minor leagues, for the Padres, I'm like, how do you, how do you say that word? Uh-huh. And then I'll still screw it up. Yep. Like, do you have a little di- an, uh, an enunciation of that? Do the, do the teams offer that? Yeah, so there'll be, like, pronunciations on their roster. And so when I fill out my lineup card, I will write out the enunciation on my scorebook. I won't spell it how it's actually supposed to be spelled. <laughs> I spell it the way I'm going to say it. Uh, there's, a, there's a picture for um, for Fort Wayne. It's Alan Mundo. Mm-hmm. But it's pronounced Ulan Mundo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I find that really that's really interesting. So so how did, so moving on from there, you graduate from college, mm-hmm. you, you come back home to California? So I graduated from college in 2018, May. I had my Red Sox internship through the World Series, so it was through October. I stayed in Boston for another two months and then moved to Visalia for this job. So it was one thing after the other pretty quick for me. How'd that happen? How do you go from Boston to, to at least I'm ignorant. How do you go from Boston to the Diamondbacks, or is it the job? It's the job. It's the so job. So when you go into play-by-play sports broadcasting, or frankly journalism in general, you are told you're moving to a small town that you've probably never heard of, and that's just what people say. You see, everyone's prepared to move somewhere in Iowa or Wyoming that they've never heard of, and. I just was looking at openings, and I saw that Visalia had one. I looked at their front office staff. Turned out I knew someone who worked there. He reached out to the GM for me. She was also a woman, and she wanted to give a woman a break. And I, I read about that, and that's mm-hmm. that's so that's that's not dangerous, but that's ballsy. Yeah. Our, how would I say that and make it sound not so? I mean, that's, that's quite frankly gutsy. what it is. Right. Yeah, it's it's. I mean. It's gutsy for her to be like that, but that's just who she is. She's no longer in baseball, but she was never afraid to, to ruffle feathers. Right. And um, her name's Jennifer Reynolds. She was the GM for a very long time in Visalia. And, um, you know, she was very open about it where, yeah, I want to have the first woman in the Cal League. And, you know, maybe that's not the best thing ever to have because people say you got this job because you're a woman. And I'm going to be like, frankly, okay, sure. But I'm still here because I'm yeah. good. Right. 
right? You can get the job maybe for whatever reasons, but mm-hmm. to keep the job, you this is year five, fourth season for me. If you want to yeah. go off, you got this job because you're a woman. All right, I'm still here though. What's your problem? Yeah. Listen to my game before you tell me that stuff. Or no, here, here you go, right here. Here's the mic. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, just we'll play a video and you can do that. Mm-hmm. Try that. Funny, our local radio morning guys, um, during the spring training game a couple years back, got up in the booth and they tried it. Yep. And it's really, it's, it's not, not easy. It's not easy. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who's playing second base and it's in the top of your head, like, you're going to screw that up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I'm one of those guys that I don't, I need, I can't do dead air. Mm-hmm. I start just talking out my tail. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. You didn't go to the people. Have you ever gone? So I've been to the winter meetings a couple times um, and gone to the people the last time they actually had it mm-hmm. was our first time. Uh, have you ever done that? In the past, by talking to, talking to people, because I remember during the people, they had speakers come up. They had owners of, of teams and headhunters mm-hmm. tell people how to get jobs and what to do to get into minor league and major mm-hmm. league baseball. Right. So I never went to that. But in, in college, we had some people say, here's how you do it. And again, I had my internship with Tim right. Neverton and Joe Castiglione. Tim has a son who's two years older than me doing the same thing. He's with the Aviators in Las Vegas. So he was able to say, this is what I told my son to do. This is what I would do. And Tim and I are still very close, and I still go to him for advice on what I should do next in my career. So I have mentors. I have people who tell me what to do. And when I went to Tim saying, I got this offer from the Rawhide, he said I would tell my son to take it. And that just means a lot. For him to be able to compare my situation to his son is very it was, I was very privileged to have that. Is he broadcasting in, in Vegas? Mm-hmm. He's broadcasting, helping with media relations, graphics. He's doing you know a little bit of everything. Well, and that's what you guys do in minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. You don't just come and do the play-by-play. You have to write the game recap. Yep. <laughs> you have to do the game recap. Um, you have to do all your research, yeah? Mm-hmm. I also am in charge of our social media. I'm the social media manager, too. That happened about a month ago. <laughs> okay. Now I know why you guys never like any of my tweets. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Friars in the Farm. We're the Padre guys. Um, that's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to do. And then you're also media. Right. So so if I go up to Vesalia and say, hey, I'm in for the weekend, um, I need to talk to you about getting a credential to come on the field and talk to players. Yeah? Right. Exactly. That's a lot. Yeah. We're used to it. Wow. <laughs> Everyone who works in minor league baseball is used well, to having like five different hats. And, and that's what we always preach on here is like you have a thousand hats. Like yep. you have GMs drawing tarp when it, yeah. when it rains. <laughs> um, well, that's in, that's interesting. So let's, let's – um, so let's talk about going to the major leagues for just one, for, for, for a few innings. Yeah. Now, granted, folks, minor league baseball is minor league baseball, and, and you know, it is a grind um, from doing all the back work, you know, the you know, all the behind-the-scenes work. Also, the spread probably isn't so good. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> how was the spread at Dodger Stadium? It was good. <laughs> it was good. What did I have? I feel like I had I had something with a – I think it was, like, like country fried – Chicken with like asparagus or something like that, and usually I'm eating, you know, like a pretzel or something before the game. So yeah, <laughs> can yeah. I get some cold nachos? It was like, great. Light cheese, light uh-huh. cheese. Um, and then 
you know, and then the equipment's better. Like, you're not setting up your own stuff. Do you set up your own gear? Oh, yeah. I set up my own gear. I'm the one who tests everything. I'm the one who runs the commercials, all of it. I think that was the best part is, you know, I just have to sit down and talk into a microphone. That's what happened, too, for the spring for the spring training game that I did this past year. Um, there were no commercials or anything. It was just a webcast. Mm-hmm. So we had an, an engineer, though, still a sound engineer. And I just started talking one inning, and he went in my ear saying, hey, I need to count you in. Oh, sorry. Oh. Like, I, I forgot. I forgot. I can't just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so give us, uh, give our listeners, and hopefully, particularly some of the young ladies out there that uh, are listening, a day in the life of a radio broadcaster in the minor leagues. Yeah, so home and road is very different. So at home, um, I did try to take a step back this year where I told them, look, I need to be able to finally take care of myself. You know, I'm not 22 anymore. I can't just not go to the gym and eat ballpark food all day and still be healthy. So I did take a little bit of a step back. I'm probably not going into the ballpark until around 11 or noon every day now, which is fine. Um, it's, I'm still able to get all my work done. So the first thing that I do is I print all the stat packs. So every stat you can imagine, Hitting, pitching, both versus lefties versus righties, runners in scoring position, bases loaded, all of that stuff I'm printing. And I make a lot of copies. That takes a little while. I'm writing the game notes, which has info on all the players, on uh, trends that are happening, things like that. I'm getting the lineups from both teams. I'm printing those. I'm sending information to our manager. And then I'm going, plus I'm doing all of social media stuff, right? Yeah. And then... I get all of that done. That's my least favorite part of the day. And my favorite part is batting practice. You just go down and you talk to people. Sometimes you don't even have to talk to people. You just sit around and you absorb information and you learn and you see what's going on. That's my favorite part because it's the closest I am to the game still. As a former athlete, it's something that I still crave. So that's the best part. Then you come back up and you have about an hour to two hours, depending on the day, before... The game starts, and that's when you're doing kind of crash prep. You get your book set up. You do any last-minute things you have to do. You Podcast some food. Requests. Exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. And then you broadcast the game. But during the game, I'm still putting out fires because I'm in charge of the press box. So if there is a scoring issue, I go talk to the official scorer. If the stat cast online is off, I go talk to them. So really? I'm not able to just fully focus on the game. That's, that's the biggest thing about being at this level of single A is – you don't get to really focus on the broadcast. It's not a really like healthy environment to learn, quite right, frankly, right, right, in, right. in terms of the broadcast. Time management, thinking uh-huh. on your feet. I think it's very much much like a food service manager. Like I'm putting out fires, I'm getting things done. Like I'm the time management and thinking on your feet uh-huh. is huge. The, the instant critical thinking yes. and, and making decisions that affect everything. Right. So that's all happening. The game's over. For us this year, if we have a win, I sprint onto the field for a post-game interview. And then afterwards, I have to deliver box scores to the clubhouses. And then I write the post-game recap, and I go home, have a beer, and pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, So so there you go, folks. If if you guys, uh, men and women, young men, young women... Want to do this for a living, and you want to be a broadcaster? Really, that's where everyone kind of starts. Right. Um, one of the one of the examples that I have with us now is Sam Levitt. Mm-hmm. So when when the Padres affiliate went from San Antonio for one year to Amarillo, um, you know we got a hold of that guy. It was Sam Levitt, new guy, and he does TikTok, he does Instagram, he does all the social media for himself and for the Amarillo uh, and for the Sod Poodles, mm-hmm. and he would you know he would show video of himself setting everything up. And, and doing all that work, 
Um, but right now, he got he's now the pre and post game show host for our local radio station for the Padres. Right. But his big dream is to get in, into play by play because he's really good at play by play. He is. He's. I mean, he's someone that really knew how to market himself well. That's something that I'm still not good at. The fact that he took all those videos for himself and for the Poodles, quite frankly, were great for both, but it also really helped him where it showed he can be creative. He can yeah. figure out about different things to talk about every single day, which is what you need to do as a pregame and postgame show host. Well, you know, one of the things you could do is, um, and you're a former athlete, they had, so, <laughs> they managed for, for, um, at the time, it was he got to uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Wellman hit him grounders at yeah. third, <laughs> and then videotaped it. You know, and then had him bat uh, yep. in the batting cage, and he taped it, and it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it got on video, and it, you know, it, it, it created a connection with not only the manager but also with his, you know, connected with his audience. Right. Um, okay. So. You, what, what are some of the challenges as, as a woman broadcaster? Uh, first year was just gaining the respect. I think being an athlete actually really helped me where when I told a manager or a player that I played in college, you kind of saw like their eyes light up of, oh, she gets it. Oh, she understands it. I remember in 2021, I told a player, yeah, you know, I played in college. He said, oh, so you understand the sport then. And I'm like... Yeah, dude, I do understand the sport. And here's the thing. I love that guy so much. He's such a good person. His girlfriend's awesome. He just didn't, like, know what he was saying, you know? He was, like, 20 years old or something. So, no, I don't hold it against him. But it's just one of those things of, yeah, I do understand what's going on. It's You don't have this automatic respect. Right. Um, I think... The toughest part for me is that I'm very aware that I'm a woman. There is not a single moment, as soon as I step into the stadium, I'm aware of my gender. When I'm on the field, I'm more than likely the only woman out there. Maybe at max at one time, there's going to be three of us out there. Between both teams, training staffs, all of that, there's going to be three of us out there. And people look at you because you stand out. And so the way I talk to a player, the way that they crack a joke with me, people are always fixating on it and taking their own opinions on it and making judgments. And I'm just very aware that there's eyes on me at all times. You know, it just makes me think of, um, you know, Kim Ng and and Mm -hmm. other women that, well, the GM, Mm -hmm. you know, made it the GM position. How many women that are in front offices that know the game, know how it works, know, are very talented, yet... Yeah, there's only 30 of those jobs available. Uh-huh. Um, so you're also you're also a, um, a victim of sexual assault mm-hmm. and rape, and you've not ever been afraid uh, of talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how has, has, you know, and that's not on Twitter, and, and letting, uh, you know, that be known, how has it helped inspire other women to, to kind of tell their own story and, right. and kind of come out of out of hiding and keeping that pain inside. Mm -hmm. I think so when the article came out in the athletic where, um, I decided to talk about it and it came out cause I tweeted on the 10th anniversary of my assault that, you know, I'm a survivor. Here's everything that I've learned. Look at what I've accomplished. And, um, Zach with the athletic decided to make, to do a story about it. And when it came out, I mean, I had women and men DMing me telling me their assault story and I was the first person they ever told. Yeah that kind of stuff was happening. So the fact that just me talking about it gives them the opportunity to say, 
it happened to me too, you know, hashtag me too. And I think that's what's so important is the hashtag me too isn't necessarily supposed to show, look at all of us that have been through this, but it's me too. I'm here for you. Right. That's more so what it is when even I talk to a random woman and she says something and the way she says it, I think I know she's a survivor too, just the way they mention it. And it's kind of this ability to support each other and know that we have each other's back. End of sentence. That's all I, I can't. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, um, it, it's that along. I think with mental health, mm-hmm. I, I, I think has has really been propelled into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. When for so long, you know, not only professional players but just people everywhere, yeah, struggling with mental health issues. Um, I have two brothers that are on the street due to mental health issues, mm-hmm. and there's not a thing I can do for them. Yep. Um, and, and so. Just it, it takes a lot of courage, and I really appreciate. Thank you. From you know, from someone who has a wife, no children, but who has a wife and who has sisters that you know, um, it's huge. Yeah, I, I think the the final thing I want to talk about with that is too is I, I know I'm a strong person, but there were moments where I felt very weak and to be an assault survivor, to go into an environment where frankly you face sexism head on. If I can do it, you can do it too. You know, like you are strong enough to handle it and to deal with PTSD because I did. And if you need help doing that, like reach out to me. Okay. Absolutely. Um, okay. So then what would you tell the eighth grader that stands up at, at junior high graduation, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's junior high, well, junior high graduation yep, for me, yep. and goes, I want to be the radio broadcaster for so-and-so team. What do you tell them? Do it. Just do it. But, I mean, frankly, that's all I did. I just did it, man. Like, I didn't, Nike. I didn't, I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. I went to college and I worked hard and I was an athlete and I got some good breaks. A lot of this industry is luck, but just do it. Something that I tell people and specifically women in this industry is you need to be unapologetically confident because all broadcasters, everyone in this industry has a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Of, oh my gosh, I don't deserve this. What's going on? Why am I here? And then specifically women, because people do try to put you down a little bit. No, you belong here. Be confident. Act like you belong here and fake it till you make it. Some people don't like that phrase, but that's what you have to do. Even if you don't feel very confident, you yeah. just have to put your shoulders back, head up, and know that you belong here and you deserve to be here. I, I, I feel that way every day in my normal life. <laughs> and it was very much exacerbated when uh, we got credentialed to go to the winter meetings. Uh-huh. And I walked into that press room in the ballroom, that the hotel that I cooked at for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, well, Ken Rosenthal just dodges me like no one's business. Like, he sees me, <laughs> like, he turns the other way. Um, but you walk in that room and you're like, this is, oh my God, there's Jay Jaffe. Oh my God, there's Sam Dykes. Oh my God, there's all these writers, all these guys I see on TV. Mm-hmm. And, and I belong there too because of my silly little podcast mm-hmm. that cost me money. Okay, let's have some fun. All right, yes. let's, let's have some fun. Um, a little quick hits here. So what do you do to escape work? I work out. That's probably the best thing for me, working out. I watch TV. I'm watching the Women's College World Series today. It's going to be on during my broadcast. Are you going to have it on your phone? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then who's your team? Uh, I like Tennessee a lot. I picked them when I was little. I thought their shortstop was really pretty, and I liked their uniforms when I was like eight years old. That orange? 
Okay, so they were wearing the light blue with a little bit of orange. Okay, all right. It was the light blue that got all right, me. I got, <laughs> my brother and my dad live about an hour and a half outside of Nashville. Okay. So we're in Tennessee often, and the volunteers, it's a volunteer state, but yeah. that is a god-ugly color. It is, it is. And, um, <laughs> I liked their bows. I liked their sparkly bows. <laughs> what I like, what I also noticed about college baseball is, is they're chatty. Mm-hmm. They, they, they chant mm-hmm. like every every pitch, mm-hmm. every at bat. I, you know, I work for a D one school now in UCSD, and I go to the games, and I'm like, both teams like they get hit, they're chirping. Oh yeah. Um, and it just I, I like that. Let the kids play. Yes. Okay. All time Boston Red Sox. Pedro Martinez. Personally, he's <laughs> fun. He's fun. I know he's not the best. Like, I'm very aware of that. But he's fun the way that he just loved playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. I like people who like to have fun. That's how my broadcast is. That's what I looked up to with John Arcello and Jerry Remy. And those are the players that I get along with the best are the guys who just want to have fun but know how to work still. As a San Diego boy, it's Ted Williams for me. Yeah. Oh, of course. But, right, I didn't didn't grow up. um, I did play on this baseball field, and I, you know, drove by his house growing up – if you're okay. asking me who's the best, I'd say Ted Williams. But my yeah. favorite to watch, Pedro yeah. Martinez. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, wasn't very media-friendly back then no. at all. And now he's media. <laughs> <laughs> it always turns out that way, right? Um, uh, most, bizarre, most bizarre thing you've had to broadcast, or most bizarre thing that's happened. Oh, gosh. I don't have anything that comes to the top of my head. The weirdest thing that's happened to you when you're broadcasting on the field or... Um, in 2019, when I was talking, I ate a moth. It flew into my mouth and I swallowed it. And I literally was like, like spitting into my microphone in the middle of the broadcast. And then I said, I just ate a moth. And then I think I laughed for like a minute straight. And I'm sure I missed like two plays, you know, the counts three and two. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. Oh my God. That's so funny. Uh Okay. So you're on, so you're on a desert Island. You have food, water, and shelter. What are the three things you need? Oh, gosh. Cell phone. Okay. My contacts or glasses so I can see. Okay. <laughs> oh, what a cute little lionfish. <laughs> and can I, pick, can I pick my mom? Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. mom. Look, we had to call her first to make sure that's what she would yeah. want to do. Yeah, my mom. Um, oh, that's great because I, I, a lot of the information I got was from your mom when, when I – you know, you don't know me from Adam, so when I message, like, is there someone on Twitter I can talk to? I do it with the players a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and, like, I just want a little bit of background. There's only so much about you. And your mom's like, hey, this is <laughs> I texted that number, and the number I got back was like, this is the wrong number. Which is so funny, because then I gave her your number, and you said it was the exact same number that you texted. And I'm looking on my phone going, oh, look, they're the same number. That Okay, that's, that's so weird. Okay, best baseball movie ever. Bull Durham. Nice. I'm a natural, the natural mm, guy. I, that's a good I know one. In the, I know in the book he really took the money, but like, just it came at a time in my life where I like, I like the good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, who plays a movie in your life? Wow, I've never been asked that before. Who's the cool blonde girl? <laughs> <laughs> you got a Margot Robbie kind of feel yeah, to me? Yeah, I can see that. Maybe a little, you know, a little sassy kind of. Yeah. 
Maybe like I was gonna like I, like I well you don't want to pick like the most beautiful woman ever because then you're just really conceited. But like Scarlett Johansson, I feel like we have the same kind of like facial structure okay. a little bit. Right, she kind of looks yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah. Margot, I could see Margot Robbie. Like she has the ability to like be sassy but like goofy at the same time. But funny and silly, yeah. but yet kind of serious. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I say that to the guys all the time uh-huh. on the team when they're like, yeah. Denzel Washington, like, yeah. he looks nothing like you. <laughs> My favorite is when guys like Ryan Gosling. I'm like, all right, bro. All right. You think you're that hot. Sure. Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay. That's, that's, that's about it. What, what TV shows are you watching? Um, right now, I love dramas. So, like, A Million Little Things, The Good Doctor. I love ABC dramas. My guilty pleasure is The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I love, I have my (laughs) bottle of wine. I have my bag of popcorn. And Mondays are our off days. So, that's my off-night routine when The Bachelor is on. I love it. And people are saying, oh, you believe that? No, I make fun of them. I think it's it's funny. It's it's entertaining. Like, right, it's entertaining. Also, why do you care that much? Let me be happy. I'm right, going to watch this right. and drink my wine and eat my popcorn. <laughs> and, and you're not alone. There are a ton of... And I was kind of weird because I'm on Twitter all the time like to, to watch all these Major League Baseball players mm-hmm. go like, oh my God, I can't believe she picked him. Uh-huh. I don't watch the show, but I'm like, that's The Bachelor. I understand uh-huh. that. And you know, I bet their girlfriends or wives got them into it. All the guys right. that I date, they get into it too because right. it's entertaining. Yeah. It is fun. Don't knock it till you've watched yeah. it. And you can't just watch it by yourself. You need to watch it with someone else who's interested yeah. in it right. because they'll get you involved with all the gossip. The background. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Well, I, Jill, I think 2019, when they back had the, the press box up there, mm-hmm. I had I had messaged you on on Twitter, and I'm like, I'm this guy from Fires on the Farm, and you might have looked over, you might have went like block, um, <laughs> but I really appreciate you taking the time because I, I, it's been a while. I've wanted to have you on the podcast. Um, thank you so much. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Si tantas veces juraste que tú me amarías Y aunque el mundo se acabara, tú serías mi vida Pero no estás corazón Hey, I'm here with Albert Fabian. Um, Albert, growing up in the Dominican Republic, you, you, you went to an academy, yeah? Yeah. What, uh, about what year did you start going to academy? Um, I started going to the academy at the age, like when I have like 12 years old. I get fired from my family, like, at 12 years old. Um, it was hard, like, you know, like, grow up in the art. It's not so many, like, sport. Like, like you you get, like, how you say, like, you get, like, professional, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, there, there's no high school. There's, there's no, no travel ball. Yeah. There's just, like, before 12, 12 years old, is there a little league? Or are you just yeah. playing with? I play, like, a little league. I have my, like, uh my 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 team like I grew up like with six years old. I started playing with six six years old, and then um, so when I go like when I have like twelve years old, like I I went like to the academy that that, that I signed. Yeah. So I signed like a contract, but the 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 main thing for my mom when I signed that contract, it was like. I have my education, like I have like school, all this stuff. So I get fired from my family like at twelve years old. Um, so at, at, and so those academies, those guys are scouting you at ten, eleven years old. Yeah. They're seeing already potential in in the value in a player at ten, eleven years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's huge. So so when you go, how far away was your academy from home? Oh, like 
maybe an hour. It was not that far. Did your family come and see you? Yeah, like every weekend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom. I can, at 12 years old, you're like, at 12 yeah. years old, I'm not leaving the yard. I will leave my kid like 12 years old, you know. So my mom, every weekend, she bring, she bring me food. She, you know, she take care of me. Oh, so she bought food? So, But was there food in lodging, obviously, at yeah. the academy, yeah? Yeah, we, I have, like, everything. I have, like, I live there in the academy. Yeah. Like, I have my... My, I, I have to wash my clothes. Yeah. I have, like I get, I grew up in, in the academy, and they teach you that kind of stuff, life yeah. skills, doing laundry. Yeah. They have classes as the, there yeah, as they well. Have, they have a class. I, I went to class like on Sundays. Every Sunday, I take class in the morning. All this stuff. Did you? Is that where you learn English? No, I learn English with the boys. Like oh, did just you? talking with the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's kind of hard. Like, I just understand, I understand everything, but like. Talk is the more hard for me. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. So before we go on, I, I saw a picture of you. I was checking out your Instagram, and I saw a picture of you in the snow. In the snow? In, in Boston? What were you doing yeah. in Boston? Uh, I have a family there. So okay. I was COVID time, all this stuff. So I just say, I need, like, fresh air. So I went to to see to my family in Boston. So who who in your family uh, lives in Boston? Like my aunt or my uncle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did you I know it was winter time so you didn't make a game or anything like that. No. No, 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 no. Just no? like enjoy the snow, the snow and stuff. If you guys don't know, just take a look at the picture on his Instagram <laughs> on his Instagram and he's like it's snow everywhere. It's snowing and he's like his hands are up in the air like what the f is I this stuff? It. I just love snow. Um so your mom, your mom must have been a favorite. Did other moms bring food for their for their uh, sons? Uh, it was it was hard because. Are they like everyone? Like, yeah, but yeah. mom's bringing food. Yeah, yeah. My mom bring food for the other other guys too. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so rad. Um, so what team? So you went to regular school. Did they teach English? Did they teach any other subjects in in school there or in the academy? Um, I was in mainly like life skills. Yeah, and I, I would say on baseball. I developed my hitting over there. Like, okay. I was like, before at the academy, I was like, I project to be like a good hitter, but when I get there, uh, they teach me like, like, you know, like how be smart on the play, yeah. how, you know. Approach, so, discipline. Approach, discipline, all this, all this kind of stuff. What, uh, what baseball team did you grow up uh, following? Um, I grew up following like a, like a Boston Red Sox. Oh, so it was it? Okay, yeah. so at Uncle were there. I've been there for a while, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up like uh, watching like Boston Red Sox because my favorite player is David Ortiz. Yeah. So I grew up watching like Boston Red Sox. Um, but, um, okay, then what other team did – what other team – hold on a second. All right, so then you, you, you followed the Boston Red Sox. What was the Dominican team? Oh, Aguilas Ibaeña. Aguilas, okay. Yeah, all because right. I, I'm from like maybe like 15 minutes away from the stadium. So all my family like love Aguilas. And then I draft to this thing. So I, I make my family proud. With, now, 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 does the academy have any connection with Aguilas? Does each academy have a connection with the, with the um, Dominican team or no? No, they don't have like any connection with the Dominican teams. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um that's it's interesting because I found on, on the Aguilar site just yesterday they had an update on you, oh, and so really? they had. Um, I have the, I have it right here, where it talked about how well you're doing. Like you were the top. So the hometown team is keeping an eye on you. Yeah, is that uh, the team? And so that'll be the team that you play for. If and when you get to that, you know, at that time to play for the yeah, Dominican team, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. I, like, 
it depends like how my team like Padres won, but I, I really want like playing on my Witten board there and see how it goes. Like that's my mentality, like be ready, like finish strong here and then go back like because I wanna grab more A Bs, all this yeah. stuff. Like, you know, it's more, it's a plus for me. So I'm excited for that. Who uh, who um who did you who did you grow up following on Aguilas? Oh, that's a tough question. Because uh, a couple of them probably played in the big leagues, so some of the listeners. Yeah, know I would say guys. like Edwin Canacion. Okay, Edwin Canacion is like when he was playing Blue Jays. I, I really followed this guy because it's a lot of. I remember like in 2013, it was like a lot of Dominicans with Blue Jays, and then I remember Edwin Canacion played for the Sag Aguilas. Yeah. So I, I've, I've been looking like. I love like see like power hitters, so Edwin Canacion is power hitter. So you know <laughs> we're gonna get to the power. We're gonna get to that power hitting. Um, so is there so so is there off season for for the for the academies? Do you go home for a while, or do you do you stay there until you're 16, until you're looking at the draft? Um, so I have like kind of a privilege. Privilege? How do you say like privilege? Privilege. Privilege because I live like an hour. Right. So I go like every like every like two weeks to my home. So the the boys are a little mad because I am the only guy like go to my home right. during on the you know <laughs> during the practice. But I would say like every two weeks I go visit my home. But we go like in like in Christmas. Yeah. They, they let it go like in maybe ten days okay. every Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Because there's no really, I mean, there's no snow down there. It's not cold. Like, no. it, there's, it's the temperature is like California. You play no. baseball year yeah. round. You can play like baseball all the time. Oh, but like we, we have like a vacation, but like you work on your on your home still. Right. So it's not it's not a vacation. Like, right, you're still working. Okay, so then you get then the Padres draft you in the international draft. Was there any other team looking at you? Uh yeah, I would say like it's other team looking at me, but San Diego gave me the best offer. Um, we say with San Diego. Padres, yeah, nice, nice. Um, was there? Did you know about the Padres at the time? Do you know any of the players then that were with the Padres? What do you mean? Well, you saying with the Padres? Did you uh-huh. did you know of the Padres? Did you know any of the players? That oh were playing? no, no, did yeah, you? yeah. I, I like my t- my favorite team was like Red Sox, Red Sox but like I, I follow everything like on MLB. So yeah. when I, when I, when I see like San Diego get interest on me, so I was like looking at Padres stuff, all this stuff. Yeah, I really like the team. I really like. The, the management that they have, yeah. like, I really, I really like comfortable with this thing. Dude, when you got drafted, the the, the system was stacked, <laughs> was just stacked. Okay, so how was the transition? A little bit easier for you with the English, but how was the transition coming over from the Dominican over to uh, you know to the complex in Arizona? Um, it was it was kind of hard, but it was it was kind of like I really, I really, I really like it because. When you get to the United States, you have more opportunities. Like all the bosses, all the boss, like from here, you know. Yeah. When you're in the Dominican complex, they don't go a lot of time there. Right. So when you here, you are like in the eyes of everyone. So it's a big challenge for me, but I really like it because uh, I have more opportunities here. Yeah, so. yeah. The the front of the house. Yeah. The front office is watching you. They get to see not only if you don't do well, they see how you react and yeah. how how you act in between games and yeah and. The, Baseball is such a failure-based game. It's really mm-hmm. more about mm-hmm. how you act when you fail than when you succeed. Yeah. Okay. So then you go into the COVID year in, in 2020. What did you stay here in no, Arizona? I stay in the R. Did you go? Yeah, because I have my, I have my my training, my my plan. Okay. I have my, all my stuff there. So it was a hard decision, like because I I want to like stay here, have a plan, but like 
it's hard in the United States when, when you know when you don't have, when you don't live like stable here. Right. So I have my, all my families there, all this stuff. So I, I have my plan. So I say, let me stay in the, in the air. Um, just let me work hard here, like, and see what's going on next year. That's right. Did, they, did you have an opportunity to do that? Did they give you the option? Because I think they might have shut that down for just medical guys, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. It was just for med- medical okay. guys. Right. We will have any chance like stay here. Okay. If, if, the, the most safe story was staying at your home. You know. So you're able to go home and then work out and develop. Uh, did you get a job or you just stay at home? No, I just stay at home and then my trainer come to my home. We work out of there. Okay, then t- 2021 comes along and you get injured. What what happened with the injury? I didn't hear about ah, that. Wow, man. I was, like I told you, I worked so hard in my, yeah. like in the COVID time. I was like so ready for this season. And then the second wheel during the season, I just broke my thumb with the fence. Um, it was you broke a, your thumb? Yeah, I broke my thumb. Uh-huh. I, I, I have injury, like three, three months injury. It was a hard moment. It was tough. But, you know, I, I get through it and work hard and, you know. You know, that's when you really work on the, the mental side of, yeah. of the game. Yeah, I agree. And we, we talked to a lot of guys that have gone through Tommy John surgery. And like, yeah, the surgery and the rehab are tough, mm-hmm. but it's the mental game. Like, yeah. am I going to get back? Am I going to yeah. be able to perform yeah. where I was before? And you did. You come yeah. back in 2022 and just tear it up. Yeah. Uh, in, in Lake Elsinore, you know, obviously starting in the, in the complex, and you make it up here to Lake Elsinore. Um, how was that transition coming here from the complex no. You do affiliate ball. Now it's yeah. like the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Um, I was so excited when they gave me the note. Then, like, hey, you come to Lake House, you know. I was so excited, but my my, men, my mental stuff was like, hey, I'm ready for this, you yeah. know. Yeah. I work hard for this. I don't have, like, any negative thought about it. So I was I was ready. And then you guys had, by that time, you had roommates, yeah? Yeah. You had roommates. You weren't staying with host families. No, I was staying with roommates. Who were your, who were your roommates then? Oof. Carlos Luis, I don't know if you know. Yeah, Carlos. yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been, <laughs> six years Luis. I've been following the, yeah. yeah. So Carlos Luis, I love this man. He cooked for me. <laughs> he we cook. And he cooked and I washed the dishes. Okay. So it was like that. He cooked, right. I washed the dishes. But yeah, he was he was really good roomie. Like we talk about a lot about headings, all this stuff. Because he's he's like, he have a really good approach. So yeah. I like follow the kind of stuff, like close to me, you know. Um, yeah, I, I love watching him. In Fort Wayne, I love watching him here, but then also in Fort Wayne, where he's just—he's a fun guy. He yeah, likes to have he, he's, he's, loose, a, he's really fun, you know. And that's one of the things. That it's you guys are trying to develop and trying to get to the major leagues, and it's very serious. But at the same time, you guys—you got to have fun. Yeah, you got to be loose. Yeah, and baseball is one of the only sports where when you struggle, mm-hmm. you relax more. You don't try harder. Um, yeah, we say like you have every day. You have opportunities. This yeah. is a, this is again about. Opportunity, like you, you maybe you don't don't really well today, but you have another chance tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. So and then then you get your diploma. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, did you do that through the Padres, or did you guys do that at night, or how did that work? Uh yeah, I doing this with the Padres. Uh, I really like. It's a it, that was a big big challenge for me because play baseball. I'm um, studying like three times on the on the week, four yeah. time. It was a big challenge, but. I'm really glad I finished all my school. And then soon in the future, I want to, like, continue, like, development my, you know, for another career. Right. I, I, I have, right. like, a lot of channels in my life that I want to make it. Yeah. It, it's We're here in A-ball. To get to the major leagues and beyond that, even the double-A and triple-A is yeah. 
no one, you know, you never know. So having yeah. the education must mean a lot. Yeah, that's mean a lot for me. This is a big. Did part. you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite uh, uh, subject? Like math? Like math yeah, or science? Math. Or I would say like math. I'm good with the numbers. I'm good with the numbers. Okay, well, good. So if the baseball thing doesn't work out, you can get into, you know, into sabermetrics. <laughs> yeah, you, you never the, know. You never know. <laughs> you mean the front office, maybe a GM for Aguilas? We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know, babe. Um, so the 2006, you make it out to Lake Elsinore. Um, did, you know, that time between 2021 and 2022, you came out tearing it up. Did did you work on your mechanics? Is there some change in your swing that you had? Um I've been watching a lot of videos, like the from 2022. Um, I was a lot of struggle with my swing. I maybe have I have a power, but I was a lot of I was uh, chasing a lot of pitches, yeah. all this stuff. Those, all, so I've been working on it, like um, with my hitting core in the yard, with with the Dominican hitting cores in the complex. They yeah. work for Padres too. Yeah. So we were we working like a better selection of the pitches. Like before, I was like more like. How you say like more like like? Were you, were you too tight there? Were you like too I was like too, too tight. Now yeah. I'm like more st- more up. Okay. okay. So this this helped me like a better selection of the pictures, all this stuff. So I feel I feel really comfortable right now, and then I've been did doing you, really well. Did you um did you shorten that that step? Did you what? have a big leg kick before? Oh yeah, I have a, like a big leg. That's mean like I was a little late with the, some pitch. So now I have like a short leg, and then I'm more, I'm more time with the with the with the hitters. Yeah, I, I see Sammy, and Sammy's got that big yeah, that <laughs> leg is up there. Yeah, he, you know, every every hitting is different. He yeah. loved that, but you know, for me, it was not the biggest the biggest for me. Right. Um. So you 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 come here, you make your way to Fort Wayne, and then you kind of struggle in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Was uh. What happened there? What, was it was it the was it the level of play? Are we just not feeling comfortable there? Um, I would say that what happened that that year. I was really prepared for this season, like okay. that low season. I would say like my mental tough in that year. It was not that I have right now. Okay. Um, and during during when I got to Fort Wing, I was tired already. Um, I would say like I don't take care of my body. Um, but this year I, I'm completely like know what is what is good for me what is yeah. not good for me and now i can play like 200 games because yeah. i'm ready like <laughs> with my mental stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah and well that, that, that's the thing is not only development on the field but development in the off season yeah so going into this last off season you changed your 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 workout regimen yeah. did you work more on on strength and conditioning or flexibility uh, i work on like my strength like in my strength because you know this this game is a lot about, about a lot of games like yeah. like a one 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 forty yeah. one forty games 140. so um this game I work hard like in the gym all this all my strange so yeah I would say like I'm, I'm ready like for a one forty game yeah so you'll be able to work out you'll get through the whole season yeah all right so I've seen I've seen the arm like you have a cannon for an arm is that something you're kind of proud of there what do you mean like fruit beer, like? I see throw from there uh-huh. to home plate. Okay, on the fly. Okay, that's the biggest challenge for me. <laughs> I've been working on my arm because I don't. I don't really have that that, turn, that that top arm. Yeah. So I've been working on my arm, like because I want to be like, I want to be like have different areas. Like right. I want to play like a complete, a complete, complete ball player. Yeah, exactly. I don't just want to hit. I just want to like. I wanna. I I promise you, next year I'm gonna be more faster too. Like. 
I want to like develop them, like my talent because I don't have a really good talent. I just need development. Yeah. So so along with the arm, your first step in your defense in the outfield. Yeah, you really take pride in. Yeah, I, my priority like is my defense right now because I know like I can hit, but like I just need like developing my defense, all this stuff. So do you like right field? Left field? Um, Hell, they even had you at first base. I play first base, actually, today. <laughs> yeah. Did you like playing first base? I mean, I love it. I love play first base, left field, right field, because I just want to play. I don't care what it is. I, I want to play. If, if I play left field, right field, first base, that means like, I have more opportunities to play. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. So you didn't you have an outfielder's glove and a first base yeah, glove? Yeah, I have like maybe five Glove. Do you, really, yeah. Do you, do you have an infielder's glove? Yeah, I have two infielders' gloves. Are you pushing? To, are you pushing to play second base? Or are you looking at third? What oh are you no, looking no, at? no, 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 nothing about it. it. Just, I just have like a small glove. It's okay. just for like the practice, the, routine, the practice. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, what did you have any set goals for this season, uh, other than just to stay healthy? Um, Home runs, outfield assists. Yeah, I would say my goal for this year is. No, a lot of strikeout. Okay, that's my, that's my priority goal right now. Like better selection of the pitches, and then in the outfield, like yeah, keep keep developing my t- my talent on the outfield because I really have that. The coach has been telling me that I have really potential on the outfield. Yeah, I just need like development this position, like give some interest on in this defense, you know, on the defense. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, if you look on on Friars on the farm, I tagged your your throw from outfield it's to like, home. <laughs> I'm like, like Albert Fabian yes, through right. a, a seed. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, you've been here long enough. Let's have some fun, all right? Okay. Okay. Go. So, do you have a celebrity crush? Oh, celebrity crush. <laughs> wow. Uh, I would say Kelly Jenner. Kelly Jenner? Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. Like what do you do to kind of separate yourself from the game? What do you do? In your off time to kind of that, – that's not baseball. I play video games. Um, I play a lot of video games, like, for distract my mind. Um, I talk hey. to my family, too. Okay, what do you play? Oh, I play Nifra SP, like cars. <laughs> I, I play, like, NBA. I don't, I don't play a lot of baseball because I just don't like – Baseball and baseball in the home, too. Right, I, like, right. destroy my mind with something different. Right. So, then, do you play with your roommates? Oh, yeah. We play We play a lot of... Who's better? I am the best. Oh, yeah? I am the best. Okay. Am who are, who are, are your best. roommates? Charlize Aquino. Okay, Aquino. You can ask him. You can ask him. I am the best on everything. I don't like lose. <laughs> so, do you like have a, the Xbox or PS5? PS5. PS5. Nice. Yeah. nice. What's, your, what's your walk-up song? Oh, my walk-up song is El Torito. The bounce of Torito, like, si tu estuvieras aquí, it's like a bachata from okay. Dominican. Yeah, All right. I, really, I love bachata, so, yeah. All right. If you want to listen, I, I have it here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play. Hold on. Okay, so back at home, what what is your, what's your comfort food back home? Oof. I love uh, rice, beans, chicken, salad, aguacate. Uh, like this is this is kind of like a Dominican mambo. Yeah, place Dominican like mambo food. Mambo food. Yeah, that's okay. the car. Mambo is a is a. It's like a bowl, like with rice, beans, chicken. Is uh, it kind of like gumbo? Kind of like gumbo with rice, yeah. sausage, it's like chicken. A combo. Yeah, it's like a gumbo. Okay. We, I like Sancocho. You need to try this Sancocho. Sancocho, the best thing. I'm gonna remember that because I'm. 
I'm a chef, so okay. I, I got to find Sancocho. Sancocho. Okay, yeah. Sancocho. Um, if there was one major league pitcher you could face, who would it be? I would say Clay- all time Clayton Kershaw. I face him already. Uh, he uh, he struck me out and then oh. get like a fly ball. But I want I want to face him again. I want to face him again. It's spring training, right? No, uh, he was like last year. He was like a he got injury. He will he went to the Cucaramangara. Okay, Cucamonga. Cucamonga, yeah. yeah. And then I faced him last year, but I struck out and then fly ball to terrible. I have a big like challenge. Like I want to face him again, dude. I, oh yeah. man, that's that's so rad. Okay, yeah. do you have a comfort food here? Do you want to stay? Yeah. I would say Kings. I love Kings. Kings? Yeah. Kings. Is there Kings here in Lake Elsinore? Of, of course, like 15 minutes away. Oh, is there? I know. <laughs> I love Kings. I can eat Kings every there, day. There it is. Okay. If there was one person you could meet, who would it be? What do you mean? like Who? Uh, any famous then, figure in the past, in the present? Okay. I would say Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Like, nice. Mama mentality. Mama mentality. Absolutely. Okay. You're stranded on a on an island. Okay. You have food. Okay. You have water. You have shelter. Shelter. What is shelter mean? Home. You have a home. You okay. Have okay. Okay. Food, water, Everything. and a home. Okay. What are the three things you need? Food, water. You have those three. What, <laughs> okay. what, you, do you need your Xbox? Do you need your phone? Uh, Kobe? Kobe. First thing you said? You said a boat. <laughs> Hey, hey, I would say I'm back too. For real. Uh, Just will leave the island. <laughs> uh, no shit. That's so funny. Okay. Okay. Uh, one more. Uh, two more things. Okay. So you want a boat? No, I would say like uh, a home. A home. Okay. Yeah. A better, a better home. Just, I just sleep. Okay. One, one more question. I'll get you out of here. I really appreciate you taking oh, yeah. the Thank time. Thank you so much. for. Um, if you could have a pet that wasn't a dog or a cat. A dog. Which would it be? No dog, no cat. Oh, damn! I would say a horse. A horse? Yeah, I like a horse. In the eye, we have a lot of horses. Right? Do you guys? Do you guys ever? Do you ever ride horses I, back home? I have. I have ride horse back home, but I don't have a horse. So okay. I, would, I would like have a have a horse. Okay. All right. Future, you know. There yeah. it is. I'm a Fabian man. I really appreciate you coming. I appreciate to talk it to me. too. Thank you so much for real. Está destrozando Y aquí en mi pecho no caben más penas Si tú estuvieras